Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. This week's parish off 48. And that is Deuteronomy 16, 18 through 21, 9. You find that on page 216 of your complete Jewish Bible. Deuteronomy 16:18 You are to appoint judges and officers for all your gates in the cities. Adonai your God is giving you tribe by tribe, and they are to judge the people with righteous judgment. You are not to distort justice or show favoritism, and you are not to accept a bribe for a gift blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of even the unjust. Justice, only justice, you must pursue so that you will live and inherit the land Adonai your God is giving you. You're not to plant any sort of tree as a sacred pole beside the altar of Adonai your God that you will make for yourself. Likewise, do not set up a standing stone Adonai, your God, hates such things. You are not to sacrifice to Adonai, your God, a cow or sheep that has a defect or anything wrong with it. That would be an abomination to Adonai, your God. If there is found among you within any of your gates in any city that Adonai, your God, gives you, a man or woman who does what Adonai, your God, sees as wicked, transgressing his covenant by going and serving other gods and worshiping them like the sun the moon or anything in the sky something i have forbidden and it is told to you or you hear about it then you are to investigate the matter diligently if it is true if it is confirmed that such detestable things are being done in israel then you are to bring the man or woman who has done this wicked thing to your city gates and stone that man or woman to death. The death sentence is to be carried out only if there was testimony from two or three witnesses. He may not be sentenced to death on testimony of only one witness. The witnesses are to be 
the first to stone him to death. Afterwards, all the people are to stone him. Thus, you will put an end to this wickedness among you. If a case comes before you at your city gate, which is too difficult for you to judge, concerning bloodshed, civil suit, personal injury, or any other controversial issue, you are to get up, go to the place which Adonai your God will choose, and appear before the Kohen, who are Levi, and the judge in office at the time. Seek their opinion, and they will render a verdict for you. You will then act according to what they have told you there in that place which Adonai will choose. You are to take care to act according to all their instructions. In accordance with the Torah they teach you, you are to carry out the judgment they render, not turning aside to the right or to the left from the verdict they declare to you. Anyone presumptuous enough not to pay attention to the Kohen appointed there to serve Adonai your God order to the judge, that person must die. Thus you will exterminate such wickedness from Israel. All the people will hear about it and be afraid to continue acting presumptuously. Well, a death penalty has a good purpose, doesn't it? It definitely deters that kind of wickedness, any kind of wickedness, and it's too bad that we're phasing right. it out completely in today's world. If it's done correctly, if it's done should, correct, yeah. it needs to be done publicly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you have entered the land, Adonai, your God has given you, have taken possession of it and are living there, you may say, I want to have a king over me, like all the other nations around me. In that event, you must appoint as king the one whom Adonai, your God, will choose. He must be one of your kinsmen, this king you appoint over you. You are forbidden to appoint a foreigner over you who is not your kinsman. However, he is not to acquire many horses for himself or have the people returned to Egypt to obtain more horses, inasmuch as Adonai told you never go back that way again. Likewise, he's not to acquire many wives for himself, so that his heart will not turn away. And he's not to acquire excessive quantities of silver and gold. When he has come to occupy the throne of his kingdom, he is to write a copy of this Torah for himself in a scroll, from the one the Cohen and Levi's use. It is to remain with him, and he is to read it in it every day, as long as he lives, so that he will learn to fear Adonai his God and keep all the words of this Torah and these laws and obey them, so that he will not think he's better than his kinsman, and so that he will not turn aside either to the right or to the left from the mitzvah. In this way, he will prolong his own reign and that of his children of Israel in Israel. Amen. The Kohen, who are the Levi, and indeed, the whole tribe of Levi are not to have a share or inheritance with Israel. Instead, their support will come from the food offered by fire to Adonai and from whatever else becomes his. They will have no inheritance with their brothers because Adonai is their inheritance 
as he has said to them. The Kohen will have the right to receive from the people, from those offering a sacrifice, whether ox or sheep, the shoulder, the jowls, and the stomach. You will also give him the first fruits of your grain, new wine and olive oil, and the first of the fleece of your sheep. For Adonai your God has chosen him from all your tribes to stand and serve in the name of Adonai, him and his sons forever. If a Levi from one of your towns anywhere in Israel where he is living comes highly motivated to place to the place which Adonai will choose, then he will serve there in the name of Adonai his God, just like his kinsmen, the Levi, who stand and serve in the presence of Adonai. Such a Levi will receive the same share as they do, in addition to what he may receive from selling his inherited ancestral property. When you enter the land Adonai your God is giving you, you are not to learn how to follow the abominable practices of those nations. There must not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through fire, a diviner, a soothsayer, an enhancer, a sorcerer, a spellcaster, a consulter of ghosts or spirits, or a necromancer. For whoever does these things is detestable to Adonai, and because of these abominations, Adonai, your God, is driving them out ahead of you. You must be wholehearted with Adonai, your God. For these nations, which you are about to dispossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners, but you, Adonai, your God, does not allow you to do this. Oh, I must correct. It's not enhancers. It's enchanters, I believe. Where was that? Uh, where it says uh, soothsayers and enchanters. Enhancers. What did uh, well, I say? I, I think he said enhancers. Oh, I don't know. That's okay. I just wanted to make that clear. Enchanters. No enchanters. Adonai will raise up for you a prophet like me from among yourselves. From your own kinsmen, you are to pay attention to him, just as when you were assembled at Horeb and requested Adonai your God, don't let me hear the voice of Adonai my God anymore, or let me see his great fire again. If I do, I will die. On that occasion, Adonai said to me, they are right in what they are saying. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their kinsmen. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I order him. Whoever doesn't listen to my words, which he will speak in my name, will have an account for himself to me. But if a prophet presumptuously speaks a word in my name which I didn't order him to say, or if he speaks in the name of other gods, then that prophet must die. You may be wondering, how are we to know if a word has not been spoken by Adonai? When a prophet speaks in the name of Adonai and the prediction does not come true, that is, the word is not fulfilled, then Adonai did not speak that word. The prophet who said it spoke presumptuously. You have nothing to fear from him.
When Adonai your God cuts off the nations whose land Adonai your God has given you, and you take their place and settle in their cities and houses, you are to set aside three cities for yourselves in your land that Adonai your God is giving you to possess. Divide the territory of your land, which Adonai your God is having you inherit, into three parts, and prepare the roads so that any killer can flee to these cities. The killer who will live if he flees there is someone who has killed his fellow member of the community by mistake, who did not hate him in the past. An example would be if a man goes into the forest with his neighbor to cut wood and takes a stroke with the axe to fell a tree, but the head of the axe flies off the handle, hits his neighbor, and kills him. Then he is to flee to one of these cities and live there. Otherwise, the next of kin avenger, in the heat of his anger, will pursue the killer, overtake him because the distance to the city of refuge is long and strike him dead. Even though he didn't deserve to die, inasmuch as he hadn't hated him in the past. This is why I'm ordering you to set aside for yourselves three cities. If Adonai your God expands your territory, as he swore to your ancestors that he would, and gives you all the land he promised to give to your ancestors, provided you keep and observe all these mitzvahs I'm giving you today, loving Adonai your God and always following his ways. Then you are to add three more cities for yourselves, besides these three, so that innocent blood will not be shed in the land Adonai your God is giving you as an inheritance, and thus blood guilt be on you. However, someone hates his fellow member of the community, lies in wait for him, attacks him, strikes him a death blow, and then flees into one of these cities. Then the leaders of his own town are to send and bring him back from there and hand him over to the next of kin avenger to be put to death. You are not to pity him. Rather, you must put an end to the shedding of innocent blood in Israel. Then things will go well with you. You are not to move your neighbor's boundary marker from the place where people put it long ago. In the inheritance soon to be yours in the land Adonai your God is giving you to possess. One witness alone will not be sufficient to convict a person of any offense or sin of any kind. The matter will be established only if there are two or three witnesses testifying against him. If a malicious witness comes forward and gives false testimony against someone, then both the men involved in the controversy are to stand before Adonai, before the Cohen and the judges in office at the time. The judges are to investigate carefully. If they find that the witness is lying or has given false testimony against his brother, you are to do to him what he intended to do to his brother. In this way, You'll put an end to such wickedness among you. Those who remain will hear about it, be afraid, and no longer commit such wickedness among you. Show no pity, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. When you go out to fight your enemies and see horses, chariots, 
and a force larger than yours, you are not to be afraid of them, because Adonai your God, who brought you out up from the land of Egypt, is with you. When you are about to go into battle, the Kohen is to come forward and address the people. He should tell them, listen Israel, you are about to do battle against your enemies. Don't be faint-hearted or afraid. Don't be alarmed or frightened by them, because Adonai your God is going with you to fight on your behalf against your enemies and give you victory. Then the officials will speak to the soldiers. They are to say, Is there a man here who has built a new house, but hasn't dedicated it yet? He should go back home now. Otherwise, he may die fighting, and another man will dedicate it. Is there a man here who has planted a vineyard but hasn't yet made use of its fruit? Who should go back home? Otherwise, he should go back home. Otherwise, he may die fighting and another man will use it. Is there a man here who is engaged to a woman but hasn't married her yet? He should go back home. Otherwise, he may die fighting and another man will marry her. The officials will then add to what they have said to the soldiers. Is there a man here who is afraid and faint-hearted? He should go back home, otherwise his fear may demoralize his comrades as well. When the officials have finished speaking with the soldiers, commanders are to be appointed to lead the army. When you advance on a town to attack it, First, offer it terms for peace. If it accepts the terms for peace and opens its gates to you, then all the people there are to be put to forced labor and work for you. However, if they refuse to make peace with you, but prefer to make war against you, you are to put it under siege. When Adonai your God hands it over to you, you are to put every male to the sword. However, you are to take as booty for yourselves, the women, the little ones, the livestock, and everything in the city, all its spoil. Yes, you will feed on your enemy's spoil, which Adonai your God has given you. This is what you are to do to all the towns which are at a great distance from you, which are not the towns of those these nations. As for the towns of these people, which Adonai your God has given you, you, as your inheritance, you are not to allow anything that breathes to live. Rather, you must destroy them completely. The Hittite, the Emirai, the Canaanite, and the Pitsai, the Hivi, and the Yavuzi, as Adonai, your God has ordered you, so that they won't teach you to follow their abominable practices, which they do for their gods, thus causing you to sin against Adonai, your God. When in making war against a town, in order to capture it, you lay siege to it for a long time, you are not to destroy its trees, cutting them down with an axe. You can eat their fruit, so don't cut them down. After all, are the trees in the field human beings, so that you have to besiege them too? However, if you know that certain trees provide no food, 
You may destroy them and cut them down in order to build siege works against the town making war with you until it falls. If in the land Adonai your God is giving you to possess, a murder victim is found lying in the countryside, and the perpetrator of the murder is not known, then your leaders and judges are to go out and measure the distance between the murder victim and the surrounding towns. After it has been determined which town is closest, the leaders of that town are to take a young female cow that has never been put to work or yoked for use as a draft animals. The leader of that town are to bring the heifer down to the vadai with a stream in it that never dries up to a place that is neither plowed nor sown, and they are to break the cow's neck there in the vadai. Then the Cohen, who are the Levi, are to approach. For Adonai your God has chosen them to serve him and to pronounce blessings in the name of Adonai. They will decide the outcome of every dispute and matter involving violence. All the leaders of the town nearest the murder victim are to wash their hands over the cow whose neck was broken in the vadai. Then they are to speak up and say, This blood was not shed by our hands, nor have we seen who did it. And Adonai, forgive your people Israel, whom you redeemed. Do not allow innocent blood to be shed among your people, Israel, and they will be forgiven this bloodshed. Thus, you will banish the shedding of innocent blood from among you by doing what Adonai sees right. And we have Isaiah 51.12 through 52.12. You find that on page 519. I, yes, I, am the one who comforts you. Why are you afraid of a man who must die, of a human being who will wither like grass? You have forgotten Adonai, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. Instead, you are in constant fear all day because of the oppressor's rage as he prepares to destroy. But where is the oppressor's rage? The captive will soon be set free. He will not die and go down to Shaul. On the contrary, his food supply will be secure. For I am Adonai your God, who stirs up the sea, who makes its waves roar. Adonai Zavaok is my name. I have put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my hand in order to plant the skies anew, lay the foundations of the earth anew, and say to Zion, you are my people. Awake, awake, stand up, Jerusalem. At Adonai's hand you drank the cup of his fury. You have drained to the dregs the goblet of drunkenness. There is no one to guide her among all the sons she has borne. Not one of all the children she raised is taking her by the hand. These two disasters have overcome you. 
Yet who will grieve with you, plunder the destruction, famine and sword? By whom can I comfort you? Your children lie helpless at the street corner, like an antelope trapped in a net. They are full of Adonai's fury, the rebuke of God. Therefore, please hear this in your affliction, you who are drunk, but not with wine. This is what your Lord Adonai says. Your God who defends his people. Here I have removed from your hand the cup of drunkenness, the goblet of fury. You will never drink it again, and I will put it in the hands of your tormentors. Who said to you, bend down so we can trample you, and you flattened your back on the ground like a street for them to walk on. Awake, awake, Zion. Clothe yourself with your strength. Dress in your splendid garments, Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean will enter you no more. Shake off the dust. Arise. Be enthroned, Jerusalem. Loosen the chains on your neck, captive daughter of Zion. For thus, says Adonai, you were sold for nothing, and you will be redeemed without money. For thus says Adonai Elohim, Long ago my people went down to Egypt to live there as aliens, and Asher oppressed them for no reason. So now, what should I do here, asked Adonai, since my people were carried off for nothing? Their oppressors are howling, says Adonai, and my name is always being insulted daily. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, on that day, they will know that I, the one speaking, here I am. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of whom, who, who, who brings good news. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Proclaiming shalom. Bringing good news of good things, announcing salvation and saying to Zion, your God is king. Listen, your watchmen are rising, excuse me, listen, your watchmen are raising their voices, shouting for joy together. For they will see before their own eyes, Adonai is returning to Zion. Break out into joy, sing together your ruins of Jerusalem. For Adonai has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Adonai has bared his holy arm in the sight of every nation, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Leave, leave, get out of there. Don't touch anything unclean. Get out from inside it and be clean, you who carry Adonai's temple equipment. You need not leave in haste. You do not have to flee, for Adonai will go ahead of you, and the God of Israel will also be behind you. And then we have John 1, 19 through 37. You find that on page 1330. John 1, 
119. Here is Jonathan's testimony. When the Judeans set corn and Levi from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He was very straightforward and stated clearly, I am not the Messiah. Then who are you? they asked him. Are you Elijah? No, I am not, he said. Are you the prophet? The one we're expecting? No, he replied. They said to him, well, who are you? So that we can give an answer to the people who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? And he answered in the words of Isaiah the prophet. I am the voice of someone crying out. In the desert make the way of Adonai straight. Some of those who had been sent were Pharisees. They asked him, If you are neither the Messiah or Elijah, nor the prophet, then why are you immersing people? To them Jonathan replied, I am immersing people in water, but among you is standing someone whom you don't know. He is the one coming after me. I'm not good enough even to untie his sandal. All this took place at Bait Anya, east of the Jordan, where Jonathan was immersing. The next day, Jonathan saw Yeshua coming toward him and said, Look, God's lamb, the one who is taking away the sin of the world. This is the man I was talking about when I said, After me is coming someone who has come to rank above me, because he existed before me. I myself did not know who he was, but the reason I came immersing with water was so that he might be made known to Israel. Then Jonathan gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit coming down from heaven like a dove and remaining on him. I myself did not know who he was, but the one who sent me to immerse in water said to me, The one on whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining, this is the one who immerses in the rock Hokadesh. And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day Jonathan was again standing with two of his Talmudin. On seeing Yeshua walking by, he said, Look, God's Lamb. His two Talmudin heard him speaking, and they followed Yeshua. Yeshua turned and saw them following him, and he asked them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. So they went and saw where he was staying and remained with him the rest of the day. It was about four o'clock in the, in the afternoon, one of the two who had heard Jonathan and had followed Yeshua was Andrew, the brother of Simon Kepha, also known as Peter. And we have John 14, verse 9 through 20. And you find that on page 1350. Yeshua replied to him, 
Have I been with you so long without your knowing me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am united with the Father and the Father united with me? What I am telling you, I am not saying on my own initiative. The Father living in me is doing his own works. Trust me that I am united with the Father and the Father united with me. But if you can't, then trust because of the works themselves. Yes, indeed. I tell you that whoever trusts in me will also do the works I do. Indeed, he will do greater ones, because I am going to the Father. In fact, whatever you ask for me for in my name, I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for something in my name, I will do it. Page 13.50. Then it couldn't have been John 13. No, I said John 14. Okay. 9 through 20. All right, well, I'm sorry I got lost. Well, so then uh, you start at 9.50. Uh, I see, thank you. 14.50. If you love me, you will keep my mm. commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforting counselor like me, the spirit of truth, to be with you forever. The world cannot receive him because it neither sees nor knows him. You know him because he is staying with you and will be united with you. <clears throat> I will not leave you orphans. I'm coming to you in just a little while. The world will no longer see me. But you will see me, because I live, you too will live. When that day comes, you will know that I am united with my Father and with you, and I am with you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. Now we have Acts 3, 22 through 23. For Moses himself said, Adonai will raise up you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You are to listen to everything he tells you. Everyone who fails to listen to that prophet will be removed from the people and destroyed. Thank you, Father God. And by the way, the Acts was in pay, on page 1364 of the Complete Jewish Bible. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that verse in Acts. That's okay. Thank you, Father God, for a great Shabbat. We're so happy that we're experiencing our weekly Shabbat readings with you. And we're, we're grateful and thankful that you have left us um, without your awesome comforter, the Holy Spirit. In the name of Yeshua, we ask that you will give us the strength to go forward and help us to share our insights that you have put upon us. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen.
Try!